You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Code of Conduct Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King. And I'm back, and I'm excited because I got, first of all, I have a Buffalo Bills draft pick joining me today. So whenever I got a, a Bills draft pick, that means they're OG. So I get excited to have a Bills OG player with me. I have Buffalo Bills former fourth fourth round draft pick, Mr. Chris Harrison, joining me. And we're going to talk about the offensive line. We're going to talk about some Cody Ford and some Spencer Brown. And we're even going to touch on some other stuff. We're going to talk about everything that he has going on off the field. You know, kind of how he uh, kind of how he left the game and, and how he feels leaving the game. I know a lot of times these players, you know, they leave the game and it's like, man, what are they doing afterwards? He's going to tell us what he got going on. It's going to be a really good time. So I'm not going to go into too much. I'm not going to be too long. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off real quick just by acknowledging the fact that our quarterback, Josh Allen, that dude, he finally signed this contract that everybody was waiting on. Everybody was hoping that it wouldn't take him, you know, another season. Like, cause if he had another season, like he had last year and then he, and then he came back and tried to get this extension done after that, that thing wouldn't have been about no 42 million a year. Let me just tell y'all the the guaranteed money is nice. That's, that's perfect. And, but I promise you, he's not going to be the highest guaranteed paid player for long. That's how these things work. But this $42 million average, I'm going to tell you right now, it is a, it is a, is a gift to the Bills organization. It is a gift to the community. Um, I know I just said he's the, the most paid or guaranteed money and blah, 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 blah. Right. I get that. And it sounds like it's not a discount. This thing is going to change a whole lot when this TV money kick in. So like right now, we still looking at the fact that the cap, kind of went down a little bit and then they gave us a little bit and blah, 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 right? Next season, we're going to see this cap jump up a little bit more. And that 42 is going to look like a real good discount when other guys start to get paid. So I don't know if Baker or Lamar will get paid more than Josh because I don't think that they earned more than Josh. But there's one thing that you can guarantee. One, your boy Lamar Jackson is going to get paid. He's going to get the check. He's going to get the whole back, the entire thing that any kind of bag you like, ladies, that's the kind he's going to get. He's going to get the coach one, the Gucci one. He's going to get uh, whatever, a Birkin bag, any type of bag you can think of. Lamar Jackson going to get it for two reasons. One, he has not lost his, his since he came in as a rookie. He's been a winner. He's gotten those guys to the playoffs. He, now, granted, he didn't make it as far as Josh, but he's gotten to the playoffs. His second year in the league, he was league MVP. Just a lot of things that that. Lamar Jackson has already done. It's impossible for us to. And I understand a lot of times we want to, you know, if it's not our guy, we don't want to admit how awesome they are. I get it. He needs to improve his passing. He's not as solid outside of the numbers. It don't matter. Lamar Jackson is that dude. He's that dude. So he's going to get the bag. My man Baker. I know I give Baker a hard time. I come on here and I joke about him bad. I, I do. But in reality, same 
situation in a way. He didn't quite win the same way Lamar's winning. He's not winning the same way Josh is winning, but he's the first quarterback to take that organization to the playoffs in almost two decades. He's the first guy to, to come in there with some consistency. They thought of, they drafted probably as many quarterbacks as the Buffalo Bills did over the, well, actually they drafted more quarterbacks, but they probably brought in as many as the Bills did over the years. So look, I think what Josh Allen did is absolutely a blessing for the Buffalo Bills organization. And we need to take advantage, full advantage of that. And this is the year to do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too much longer into that. I'm just happy that we got our guy locked down for a long, long time. I'm gonna bring my guest in real quick because I'm actually really excited to talk about the line. I'm excited to talk about um I have some questions about last season that I feel like didn't get answered from a player's perspective as well. So I'm gonna bring my man Chris Harrison in. Man, thank you so much for joining me. How's it going? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Thank you for having me on. Man, like I told you before we went live, it's a it's a pleasure. Uh, anytime I get to talk to a first a person who was drafted by the Bills, on top of the fact that you know you you kind of know what you're talking about when it comes to the topic, it helps. So, uh, for starters, man, how you doing? What's going on with you? Man, I'm just taking it easy. Uh, just had dinner not too long ago. Um, just came back, kicking it in the man cave. Glad you asked me on. I felt like you know, let's go on and get in. Talk this Buffalo Bills talk, you know? Yeah, well, let's get it. I, I ain't going to hold you because I know me. When I eat like that, I be tired. And I know, you know, you on the East Coast still, right? You're, you're still East? Yeah, 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 North Carolina. Yeah, so it's 9 p.m. out there. I don't want to, you know, after eating, I'm normally ready to go. So I'm a, let's get right into it. Um, One of the first things I wanted to talk about, because obviously we're talking about the offensive line tonight. My man Cody Ford. We drafted Cody yeah. Ford in the second round. Um, a lot of people thought that he was going to be the right tackle. Then it was like, man, he needs to end up moving to the right guard. And then the team has some injuries and a bunch of different things. They moved him to left guard. Now, it sounds like in the pressers, it sounds like Cody's back on the right side at the right guard position. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, but first, how do you feel about Cody Ford? And then how do you feel about like the musical chair situation that they've been playing with him? Uh, uh, I first off, I, I've always liked Cody Ford as a prospect when he was at Oklahoma. I thought he was going to be really, really good. I thought getting him in the second round was, uh, you know, a good job by the, the guys upstairs and the Buffalo Bills and seeing him. And I think this is his chance to actually take control of a spot. They're giving him every chance, and I think this will be the camp where he's going to have to do it uh, if he wants to stick around and get that next contract. And I think uh, seeing them progress will kind of take the, the whole line to the next level or, you know, whoever comes out, you know, however it shakes out. I think uh, if Cody Ford progresses, you'll see, you know, their offense really kind of progress and take the next step. Well, so when you say, okay, because I talk to a lot of obviously um, other content creators and I talk to so a lot of podcasters, yeah. journalists. But so as a football player, as a tackle yourself, right? So when you say you want to see him progress, what are the things you're looking for that says, hey, I want to see Cody take this or do this to actually take that step forward? Cody specifically is consistency uh, and kind of setting the expectation of what you're able to do, play in and play out, whether it be run, pass, whatever, kind of understanding like, more of the off, not saying he didn't understand the offense or he wasn't, you know, in tune, but 
kind of with a young with a young officer lineman, you don't really understand the game until you know you get year three, year four into it. And I think you're gonna start seeing them with that and getting more experience around the line kind of speeds up that process. And I think that might be the thought process, you know, with the coaches and the way they're moving them around, letting them kind of see the game from different areas. Um, you know, because he has the ability. I mean, you see it. You know, when he's flashing, he he looks good. And uh, I just kind of getting that consistency. Uh, and he, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how to shake it out. It'll, it'll be it'll be exciting to see, especially just O-line-wise for the Bills. Because he's got a strong O-line. And uh, I think he'll he'll be he'll be the the next piece that if that develops it'll really be something because uh, you know that that roster's looking good and the old line's looking good with the new draft picks they got now uh, they're gonna have, he's gonna have some competition he's gonna have to actually you know put in some work in order to kind of take a starting spot and make it his own. Yeah, well, so the thing about what you're saying as far as like the starting lineup and we're bringing back consistency wise. Now we actually have all the guys back. Um, now our starting lineup hasn't actually had a five game or a, a game yet where the, the five guys have actually played together. Um, how do you, how do you, so when you look at the offensive line we have, how do you view them? Do you think that we actually have like a pretty good line if they were all able to play together? Or is it one of those things where you still feel like we need to piece some things together to kind of figure this out? Oh man. Given the type of offense we're running, you're not going to have, you know, the super pro bowl type guys, uh, you know, across the front, unless that offense is really, really clicking at a high level. And that's going to start with the offensive line. If they can all get in line and kind of get more, because, you know, there's a lot of things moving around, a lot of moving pieces. If they can really get it, I forget the like cohesive. If it can become a cohesive unit, you'll start seeing that pop up where, you know, your left tackle gets, you know, a Pro Bowl, you get Mitch Morris, he's really good. And uh mm-hmm. when he's on and I just think, you know, getting that five guys across and getting the starting line kind of set in stone and getting that type of consistency going will be big. And if Cody Ford can kind of take ownership of a spot of where they go. I mean, it'll be better kind of going forward. Now, you mentioned Mitch Morris, and I kind of want to I want to I want to touch on that for a moment, because last season there were a lot of people and I don't know why, but there was a, a big portion of, of the fan base who was like, you know what? When he got injured, Feliciano came in and he was a better center for that time being or whatever, whatever, whatever. Look. I don't I don't know about that. I feel like um it, it may have given the offensive line some life, but as far as like being a better center, I don't I don't see it. I think this guy is one of the top. I don't want to say he's the best center in the league because I wouldn't go there, but he's one of the top centers in the league. How do you feel about him being the leader of the offensive line? I think, uh, you know, once that line gets settled in, I think he will definitely establish himself as kind of the leader of that unit. And having your leader in the center does help. Uh, I mean, a lot of the guys remember when he was when I was there. He was the leader of the offensive line, and even though we weren't – I mean, I don't think the line we had was near as good as the line they have now. And we were able to do some things, you know, almost better than the unit should have been just because we had a pretty good leader. We had guys that got together, and once we were clicking, we did do good things. But with the level of talent 
you know, the Bills have now. And if Mitch Morris can establish himself as really the leader of that unit, get a solid five going, I mean, you could take the team. That's is what kind of creates Super Bowl teams. When you got a leader starting right in the center, the guy that's always snapping the ball, making the calls. I mean, it helps things out Man. a lot. I think people sleep on how important centers are. I remember after Eric Wood retired, you know, we had a year before we brought Mitch in. So Mitch wasn't our guy. And, and man, I think at that point, Bills fans for that season understood like, oh, the center position is really important (laughs) because it was that bad of play that year. So, like I said, bringing Mitch in, Mitch elevated immediately. The line, offensive line play elevated. Last season, towards the end of the year, I want to say, you know, starting like week 12, week 13, you started to see Josh really get comfortable. And he's standing back there at times where it almost looked like a glitch, like you're playing a video, like you're playing Madden or something, and dude's just standing there. Um, so as far as passing, they doing that. They doing, they doing really well protecting Josh. What about the running game? I feel like last season we kind of had some, um, some questionable, I don't want to call, say questionable play, but the running game just didn't click the same way the passing game did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the tempo of the guy, you know, beside you, getting your fits, getting, you know, your footwork, your pad level, everything in sync and moving in one direction and then getting Mitch back and having him establish himself as leader, which I'm sure he's already done because, you know, I'm not in the building. But, uh, you know, just outside looking in, I think, you know, it's going to definitely get done this year. And, you know, having that, that's what a lot, it's kind of that thing offensive linemen will talk about when they're evaluating a unit as an offensive line. There's a consistency and a cohesiveness that happens that you can see on film, but you can't really explain it. And I don't know, it, you know, it always starts with a good center. Uh, and then, it kind of permeates out from there. But when everybody's working in concert, in line, it fits, it looks good, and it's really productive. And last year, it just didn't. I think, you know, you got different tempos of guys. You get a guy moved in from injury. You get different tempos and fits, you know, with your combo blocks. And if you don't get throws, if you don't get your double teams down and you're not winning your one-on-ones, you're going to have trouble in the running game. Well, how do you this this season coming up? Um, there are some big expectations now for the running game to improve. So, based off of what you saw last year from the team, and I know I know what you just said, but as far as the cohesion that we need to see, and as far as like the exact, I guess if you were the coach at this point, so if you were the offensive line coach, and you know how the offensive line performed when it came to the running game last season, and now heading into this season, you know, okay, we have to be better. What is it? with the same group of guys that we have, what is it that you're going into the locker room or training camp saying like, Hey guys, this is what we're going to focus on so we can be better in the running game. Uh, I think a a whole lot of it has to do with uh, kind of staying on the same tempo, staying uh, on target together. So a lot of things I would be working on just individual drills uh, is a lot of indie work where you're fitting up blocks together where you're doing, you know, a whole lot of, you know, you're kind of focusing in on the run game and understanding, you know, your first two, three steps have to all be in concert, have to all get you to the same level. Uh, Working on inside run, I'm sure they're going to have a whole lot of, you know, uh, reps working inside run, 
working, uh, you know, three-man circuses and versus D-linemen and linebackers, getting extra reps. Just even after practice, a lot of guys work on the pass, rep, pass game. A lot of guys work on the individual pass sets and stuff like that. I think this year they'll. I think the coaches will will kind of make a pointed effort to show the guys and let the guys know that working on your run fits together, even slow motion, uh, to where you can just get it blindly. Uh, you can get double teams fit up blindly, where you can get the down guy and the linebacker, which kind of turns a one to two yard gain into the four to five, you know, the six to seven, and. You know, getting those running backs running as confident as they can as they see that happen in camp and then in the preseason will be a huge deal. Okay. Well, real quick, I want to shout out my, my guy, Vlad. He's my he's the, the first Super Chat of the year. So uh, he didn't ask a question or he didn't have anything for you, but I want to shout him out. Thank you so much, man. Everybody, Super Chats are live. So if you do want to ask Chris a question and you have um, just – or you just wanted to say hey to him. You get priority and you absolutely get the comment or question answered um, by Chris or by me. Go ahead and go for it. Anything you want to donate or anything you want to do it, man, we're going to have some fun tonight. So before we I want to get back to the Bills. But before we continue to talk about the Bills, you actually also played for the, at the time the San Diego Chargers. Um, now they're in L.A. They got a rookie out there that looks, you know, he he's not Josh. You know, Bills fans got to throw that out there first. So he's not Josh. But. I don't know, man. They look pretty solid out there. What's your? How do you feel about, um, you know, just the way the Chargers are looking this season, going into it, and how do you feel about that young quarterback? Man, I like Herb a lot. Uh, you know, with the Bills and the Chargers being kind of my two teams that I really, really look after. It's good to see both teams kind of get their franchise guy. I think, um, you know, as far as the AFC, I think he and Josh, he, Josh Baker. And uh, Lamar will kind of be the future, along with Deshaun. I don't know how long he'll be, you know, in the AFC, but um, I know they were talking about a bunch of trade stuff with that. But uh, seeing her, I think he's going. I think he's going to progress. Uh, I think you're going to see him take a lot more, you know, ownership of the offense. You know, as he gets older, uh, it was an impressive rookie season. Uh, I, it's it's hard to imagine. You know, there'll be a limitation to his ability. Uh, he can really get that ball out. He can spin it pretty good. But, uh, you know, I won't – you know, truthfully, I don't think he's as good as Josh, but I think he has a chance of being at that level, you know, giving give a few more years and seeing how he progresses and how that roster progresses too. Yeah, I agree. well, obviously, as a Bills fan, I'm going to agree. He's not as good as Josh. But in reality, the thing is, coming in as a rookie, he did some things his rookie year that – not many guys I've ever seen do their rookie year. So, you know, I don't want to say he's as good as Josh now, but I, I do think that if he if he goes down this route, he can be that good. I really I see it that way. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned that it's good to see both franchises kind of get their guy. They got their franchise guy. I want to I want to this is a, a personal thing. I know I was telling you just before we went live that I was going to bring this up. So when you when you were drafted in 2011, you kind of were here for some you know, a little bit of a carousel as well, as far as the quarterback position. But we also, while you were here, drafted EJ Manuel. And I'm an EJ Manuel guy. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm a, I'm a fan to the point where I thought the team, 
you know, got rid of him too soon because he was going to turn into Josh Allen or I'm not saying anything like that. But what I am saying is I think he got the short end of the stick when it came to Doug Marone. I think that Doug Marone, you know, the lack of confidence in him. And I think he actually said this on the Eric Wood podcast not too long ago, that um, just the lack of confidence that the team kind of showed in him. And also, you know, just really he he lacked confidence in his body after his knee. And so with the, the team lacking confidence, it just really didn't help him. From a player's perspective inside that locker room, what can you remember and what can you tell me about, like, just, you know, watching EJ go through that and, and kind of figuring out, like, well, who's going to be the starter and how, you know, just how how the team looked at the starting quarterback position from from when you were here? I think, man, one thing I, I got to say is EJ was super professional. Uh, I mean, the type of guy he is, he came in, he put the work in. He did everything he could. I feel like, you know, just being an offensive lineman, I don't really know what it takes to be a good quarterback. But, uh, I mean, EJ really came in, gave it, you know, as much as he could. He had a rough time. And you could kind of tell when the confidence would really be wavering and when he'd be unsure of himself. But uh, he came in and competed. And, uh, you know, it was rough to see because I myself, I was an EJ man. I was a huge EJ Manuel fan just being, you know, as a teammate. I definitely wanted to see him be that guy. So it was tough to see it, you know, kind of go away and flounder as it, you know, as that project went on. But he definitely, you know, it was rough. I think he handled it, you know, as best he could. And he, I mean, I mean, he's doing big things now, you know. But, yeah. You know, it was, it, was, it was crazy to be a part of. I was kind of glad to be there and kind of see it happen because it was, I had never, you know, it, a lot of teams don't you don't draft quarterbacks a whole whole lot, so uh, not for you know first round quarterbacks. So being there and being able to be there was uh, you know that was cool. Yeah. So so with him, I'm, I'm going to follow up on that question because, like I said, I am a, a EJ fan, and one of the, the things that I guess one of the, the things I wanted to know because you mentioned how much of a pro he was, and you mentioned that he came and he did the work and he did everything that that was necessary. Um, what do you, what do you think was the disconnect? Like, so from, from your standpoint as a player on the roster, was it, was it more so the style of play that you feel like Marone and, and the team wasn't necessarily behind and they wanted to move on from, because when they, when they brought in, uh, Orton, it was a completely different style of team. So, I mean, do you think it was the style of play? Do you think it was, um, the actual, the talent that EJ was able to put on the field or what was it that, that really got him? You know, because from a, st- a fan standpoint, for me, it just kind of looked like it, he wasn't Marone's guy, and Marone was just like, "Okay, screw this dude. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm just put somebody I want in instead of him." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, kind of the level of trust just probably really wasn't there, where you would you know kind of put it in the quarterback's hands to let him call plays and let him kind of do his thing, and you know, and that you know. You kind of put him behind the eight ball. I think it was a bit of, you know, it wasn't, it probably wasn't Maroon's guy. I know there was differing opinions on the quarterback when he got selected, you know, back then. You know, I don't know, man, because it was, it was, I mean, you were kind of helpless watching as a teammate. So it was more so like, you know, I wish him the best of luck, but sometimes, there would be issues with the offense. It needed to shake up. So Marone went and got a guy that I guess he did trust enough to call certain plays, to let certain things go, 
the letter, let them audible, and those things matter because if you're not able to do those things, it kind of puts you in a box where you can press and press as hard as you want, and you're going to have trouble finding success. Yeah, it sucks, man, because like you said, and I know you being a teammate, he was drafted here. You wanted to see him succeed as well. But, you know, it is what it is. Now he's gone. He's doing his thing, uh, ACC Network, and he's, um, I mean, he's killing it. <laughs> EJ is killing it. We uh, actually, we were set to have EJ on and, and some things happened. So we're actually going to reschedule to have EJ on some point during the season. So, um, but that's going to be fun. I can't wait to talk to EJ. I can't wait to kind of get his perspective about everything that, that's happened. Um, and, and then even after that, because I know he, he transitioned to other teams, you know, he uh, did the backup thing in Kansas city and he, he did some other things. So we're going to talk to EJ, but back to the Bills stuff, man. So, so when you were here or when you were with the bills outside of actually playing football, I always have to ask everybody because um, bills mafia is famous for being, you know, you use the word fanatic like they say fans and they say fanatic i think the the real thing is bills fans are legit fanatics so outside of actually playing in the game on sundays and and you know the one-off thursday night game that we would get what is it that you um that you remember the most about the city of buffalo and the fans or you know what is your favorite memory of that um uh I had a lot of fun in Buffalo, man. I, I really enjoy, you know, the people of Buffalo. Uh, I spent a lot of time out on Chippewa uh, in Buffalo, um, out at the casino, out at Niagara Falls. Uh, anytime people would come into town, I'd just take them around. And, you know, that's kind of what I miss about Buffalo. It was like, it was a fun place to be. And at the same time, it was real chill. Like, the fans were really cool. They weren't like, a lot of places fans are weird, but in Buffalo, it's kind of like they're happy to see you out, even if you win or lose. They, you know, they come up and talk to you, and it's not like a weird deal. They're like, I don't know, it's a real chill place, and I'm just, I don't know. Buffalo's, Buffalo is a lot of fun. Uh, it's definitely a drinking town, and I did my share. Of it. <laughs> yeah. and, it's uh, definitely a drinking town. You're not lying about that, man. What's your What's your favorite wing spot when you come? Because I know you know. Obviously, everybody talks about Anchor Bar and whatnot. I'm hoping that that's not your first go to. Uh, no, nah, I, I did a lot of dandelions. I was big. Uh, I was a big fan of dandelions. Um, where else would I go for wings? Man, it's been a while. Uh, for pizza and wings, I go to a spot called Capelli's. Okay. Um, that'd be a spot I go to a lot, man. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, I know we were just talking before you, before you, uh, before we went live, we were just talking. I was saying, I was asking if you were going to try to make it to a game this season. So if you, if you make it, like I said, I'll be at the home opener. If you make it there, I'm going to make sure you get some, some, some wing, you can get a variety so you can kind of, you know, you can pick and choose, but, you got to make it. I know you said you're talking to some guys. We got to. We got to get you there. We absolutely got to get you there. Which game are you looking at? Uh, we weren't even sure yet. I was just trying to make sure I got to one this year because it's been about. I think it's been like three years. Three. Yeah, it's been like three years since I've been to a Buffalo game. But uh, man, I got. I got to get the one this year, man. I'm gonna have to look in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get back with you because. When I come up, man, I'm gonna be all around the parking lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get a tailgate set up and you know really have some fun. 
All right. Well, let's let's get back to this year's version of the Buffalo Bills and the offensive line. Um, I, I kind of told everybody we were going to take a deep dive. So I feel like we haven't really di- dove into anything. So let's get started on that. First, this year we drafted um, uh, our rookie, man. We got an offensive tackle that we drafted this year in Spencer Brown that I know he's not projected to start. And I know that I shouldn't be excited for him. But Damn it, he looks good, and he looks like he's going to be one of those dudes that's going to be a beast for a long time in the league. How do you feel about Spencer Brown as a prospect and then now, you know, seeing pictures or videos of him next to NFL players? He's still towering over guys. How do you feel about him as a prospect and for this team? Uh, I think the sky's the limit with that guy, man. As soon as I saw him and when he got – because I didn't know too much about him uh, before the draft. But when I saw the Bills drafted him, I went and checked out his film, went and got on YouTube. And, you know, the thing, you know, fans do, every fan does it, I think. Well, at least I do. Uh, man, and I, and I, and it thought, like, I was like, man, he, like, he is impressive. The guy, like, looks the part, plays hard, plays to the whistle. Uh, I think the skill set he has and the ability, athletic ability, it'll transfer over no matter what spot they try to give him the chance at. I just uh, – it'll be exciting to see him develop. Uh, I think he'll be a monster. I think he might be able to take over one of those tackle spots. You know, I hadn't seen him in practice. I hadn't caught any practice of him or anything. But, uh, man, I don't know, man. He, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be really good. Now, the thing is, you say he might take over one of those tackle spots, man. We have, obviously, uh, Deion Dawkins as our starting left tackle. We just re-signed. Daryl Williams to the right tackle position. He he came in and he he showed up last year in a way that I don't think anybody expected him to. He he solidified the line over there. But again, I think Spencer Brown is going to be solid, man. So do you do you see this being like a developmental situation where he sits for a year or two and lets Williams play that contract out, or is this something that you feel like okay, this guy is undeniable at some point. You're just going to have to get him in that line. Uh, I mean, it it just kind of how fast he. Progresses, it'll uh, it'll kind of be on him. Uh, I know they'll have a lot of faith in him uh, because you know guys, you know Buffalo guys get drafted. You know the team really, you know they they'll, you know hate hate to come up right after EJ after we talked about EJ, but you know I think he'll be a Buffalo guy. You know I think he's one of the guys that I think he'll have chance to develop. I think he'll sit a year, uh, and I think he'll have time to uh, really you know, develop his game. I mean, however he progresses, though, because if he comes out and he's really showing, you know, he can contribute and compete, I think they'll get him on the field wherever they need to, whether it be, you know, guard or, you know, injuries arise. I think he might be the first guy in wherever it goes. I mean, I don't really know how that's shaking out, but, you know, it's gonna. I just want to see him on the field. And once you kind of get him in preseason, you'll, you'll I think, He'll realize he'll, he might be a guy that you get on the field as soon as possible, but at the same time, if he has the chance to really develop and take a year and become a pro and really understand, he'll be he'll be around for a long time. It seems like everybody who comes into the team, whether whether it's the offensive line, any position, it doesn't matter. People do really come in and become like the best version of themselves, like John McDermott preaches and says. So it was just it was just weird for me to see that, but now. Fast forwarding again to the guys that we do have this year. We just talked about um, Spencer Brown. Earlier, we talked about our guy, Cody Ford. Daryl Williams. So 
we we touched on him for a moment because you said at, at some point Spencer Brown, if he's doing it, he's gonna get in there. Daryl showed up, man. Um, just touch a little bit on on the the right tackle position and the play that we got last season. Uh, I think I think Daryl Williams is a baller. I think uh, when he's playing good football and confident, I think he's one of the better right tackles in the game. Uh, and I don't want to throw a rating out there or anything because I can't put the dude off the top of my head. Uh, but uh, you know, he plays good football uh, in the run game, in the pass. You know, he faces a lot of good rushers. And, uh, you know, he really balled out towards the end of the year last year. So, I mean, I mean, it's his position, definitely. And I think uh, kind of having that and having him and Dion kind of as a solidified star, yeah, definitely his job to lose and kind of get him in there. And this year will be kind of this is my position. You know, if he balls out like he did and keeps playing good football, uh, I mean, it'll kind of give Spencer Brown that chance to really develop, really hone in on his game and uh, really get a chance. So, you know, I think you'll, I think you'll get a high level of play from him this year. Uh, especially, I think Dion will take a step and become, you know, a really, really, really good left tackle and, you know, be one of the guys. I mean, I think he was kind of an unsung guy, you know, leading up even all the way to getting his contract and everything. I think he's one of the better left tackles in the game, and I think he's a big reason why, you know, Spencer Brown will get a chance to really develop. Yeah, and you know what? That's that, that's a blessing in itself because um, before, so before we had Dion, obviously we we had a, a a solid left tackle. He got he was injured frequently, so we ended up trading him to Cincinnati. You know, whatever. Dion, I don't think um, anybody truly expected Dion to be as solid of a left tackle. Like I knew they as an offensive lineman, it was like, okay, maybe this kid can come in and, and do something. Nobody expected him to be like this good of a left tackle. Did you kind of see Dion to be this player, or or is this a surprise that he he's kind of really stepped up into that role and become a leader on that line? Uh I didn't only reason it was a surprise to me because I didn't really know much about him when he did step in and begin, you know, kind of being the guy at left tackle. Uh but when he's playing and he has he's playing with confidence, you see him out there, you know, jabbing back and forth. He plays to the whistle. And when he's like really in his game and playing, getting guys one on one good rushers and locking them up. He I mean, he plays at a high level. Uh, I like him a lot as a left tackle. I think uh, he'll be around for a little while. And uh, he was definitely a surprise, but only because I didn't really know much about him coming out, you know, the draft and. Uh, I mean, he's been a, a good surprise for the whole line. I think he's a solid, solid player. Yeah, Amanda says that um, she thinks Dion doesn't get enough credit sometimes. She thinks he's amazing. And I agree. On top of him being a very good player, he's one of those guys. He's a community dude. Like the, the, the city of Buffalo, I think right now we have a whole roster full of them. But before, like, before the Bills became cool, quote unquote, like, you know, before, like, now they were good. So now it's like we got all these bandwagon fans but prior to that Dion was was one of the he and Trey White in my opinion were the personalities that came in and was like okay we're gonna make this thing fun it's gonna be a blast to be here and um and I know we're talking about the offensive line what do you think about Trey man he's been getting some hate this year people acting like he's not top five cornerback and and whatever man how you feel about my man Trey I, I don't know I think that comes with being a big time corner uh if you're not perfect Per se, they everybody starts to kind of pick and 
pro pick and pride and poke holes in your game. But that man, he's legit. He's a he's one of those guys when he's playing and he's in his game, he's taking over a side of the field. And uh, you know, that's that's nobody can even really come with an argument that says anything different. It's just here and there you might have a game or two and people will harp on that for the next year. But I mean Trey Davis yeah, he he's the real deal. Real deal. I mean, because people used to obviously, um, my man Stevie Johnson had a he had a condo on Revis Island. You know what I mean? But that never made people say that Revis wasn't a great cornerback just because he got ate up by Stevie every time they played Buffalo. So the thing is, like Trey, you know, he has a couple games. I I, I always reference um, DeAndre Hopkins. It seems like DeAndre Hopkins have has good games against Trey. Um, he did a really good job against Devontae Adams, who a lot of people look at as the best receiver in the league. He did a really good job against him. He did a really good job against a lot of big name guys. Trey held his own. So I don't see Trey being like, I, I still see him as a top five guy. Um, but we on, I keep getting on these tangents because I just love talking football with you, man. But uh, the, the offensive line, we're going to get back to that. Feliciano. So now, um, like I said, last year he came back. He was injured. When he came back, he did come in and he kind of, re-energized the team he had some some energy that the offensive line just didn't quite it didn't seem like they had there's also some rumblings that's like you know but he's also not the, the most solid or consistent player at times on the line um is he somebody that you see sticking around for some time do you see him being like a somebody who is a legitimate sure piece of this team or is there somebody that that we can kind of hopefully develop and bring in better uh, I believe this year he'll be, um, you know, he'll be a solid starter. I think he'll play good football. I think, uh, I mean, he definitely he is who he is. He's not, you know, the game-breaking offensive lineman that's crushing stuff, but he does play good football. He does when he's in the lineup. When he's in the lineup, he does understand the cohesion and everything else it takes to be productive across the line. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not sure what the team has for him, you know, in the future. I'm not up to – is he up this – he might be up for a deal this year or next year. I think I he's up this year. I can yeah, probably yeah, show yeah. by the time you're, you're done with the comment. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, it's hard to say. I think uh, the team has really gotten better at the offensive line just from top to bottom. And uh, as the team gets better and better, guys will come and go. Um, I mean, if Feliciano will come in – and has a great year, I think he will stick around. I mean, I do think he's good enough to where you can build around him and, you know, build an O-line you know, at the right price. And But it's hard to say because, I mean, the offensive line Dude. behind the, fr the front five guys have gotten better. I'm sorry. I'm tripping, too. He he actually he is apparently under contract until 2023. So <laughs> I'm tripping. Oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, he's up this year. No, it's, he got a minute. Yeah, but he—I mean, I think he's—I think he's a good player. I mean, when he's not injured, and uh, you know, they—he did—he definitely when you when he gets back in there, you do see a level of cohesion that you know the line was missing before he had uh, before he had got back in, and you know, when you provide value to a team like that, you know, it, it means it means a lot, especially across that line. <clears throat> All right, so. Um... Before we kind of go to a, a full outlook of the season now, because now we added the 17th game. So I kind of want to talk about um, a couple of those things. But before we completely migrate off of the line, I want to I want to know, man, um, 
as a player, you when you were in the league, the, the offensive line that you played on did a lot of great things. Like actually, like they were really good. Um, I know you mentioned you feel like now the talent on the line is better. Out of the comparison, what what makes you feel that way? Because I feel like some of the performances that we've seen from the offensive line when you were on the team as a unit, I feel like the unit played better. What is it that that you feel like now separates the two? I think the athletic ability uh, and just kind of the, the the variety of the things they're able to do with the offensive line that's there now as opposed to us. Uh, you know, we did a lot of quick game. We did a lot of, uh, you know, we, we got the ball out as fast as we could. Those guys can hold up a lot better than we did on those developing longer routes. Um, I think one-on-one, I just think that, Honestly, they were better. Like, Dion was definitely better than I was at left tackle. Um, and I just think as a unit all together, seeing them when they're playing at their best level versus when we were playing at our best level, I think the offense will just be able to do more with that new offensive line. Okay. Well, so now talking about the new offensive line and what the offense can do, last year Josh Allen was an MVP runner-up. You know, he threw for 4,500 plus yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You, everybody knows the stats. I can run them off in my sleep. Um, what do you think this year, man? How do you how do you feel about the Buffalo Bills? What are you looking for out of a now a 17-game schedule instead of, a, you know, 17 weeks before? Now it's 18 weeks. So what do you think? Um, are we going to get basically 13 and four, like another 13-win season? Or how, how do you feel like this year is going to end up? Uh, I, I thought about that when you asked me on and I went and looked through the schedule. I think you could get 14. You could, you could mess around and get 14 games. And, uh, like, number one seed in the playoffs type of – I think that's the – I wouldn't even say that would be, like, overachieving, you know, with this team. Right. I think the team's come together to a point where you get, you know, Josh playing at a high level. You get those running backs confident. The defense gets rolling. You know, it's not going to be a whole lot of teams that's going to be going to be able to beat Buffalo. And, uh, you know, the coaching staff, you know, they get dialed in. It's going to be a whole lot of teams going to leave, you know, going to leave, uh, going to leave with some L's afterwards. And, I mean, this, I think this year will be the year that the team could be like legitimate, legitimate Super Bowl contenders from week one all the way through to the end of the season. Yeah, last year I um so I thought, and I actually I'm on record saying it like so I thought this was going to be the year that we would do what we did last year. So I kind of thought like we were a year ahead of schedule. So now it's like oh okay since we're a year ahead of schedule let's go ahead and get this thing let's go for it now. But especially now that we did the 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 extension for Josh Allen. I know at the beginning or at the top of the show, I'd said like, Hey, it's still a plug for the team. Like this is, this is a discount. If you really look at it, because you know, by the time that contract really kicks in, it won't be the top contract for quarterbacks. It won't be in the top five for quarter because these other guys are going to get paid. So knowing what we know and, and going there, how else after this season, because we can't pay everybody again, like we did, we can't now that Josh has taken up, that what do you think the move is going to be going forward to stay at this level of competition and and possibly hopefully get better? Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot on that uh, scouting department and uh, 
developing the drafts that you get. Uh, once you kind of sign your quarterback, the guys you got in the building are going to be your guys. Uh, you're not going to be able to make huge free agency splashes. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to lose a few names here and there of uh, really good players. So it's going to, as the team develops, as that roster develops, you're going to see, I think, Josh take over a little more. And, uh, and you know, and really right now, I mean, he's going to have, He's going to have every weapon necessary. And right now is the time that you're going to see the team start developing those guys that are going to be up next, uh, especially in the playmaking category where, you know, those playmakers get paid big money. And uh, you're going to see guys, I think, just come from, you know, undrafted. This is where you get those undrafted guys that develop into real big-time players. And if you can get that happening – Right after you get your quarterback signed to a pretty good big deal, you'll see you'll see the team maintain a pretty good level of uh, competition. Uh, I mean, this is kind of the time when the team that develops the roster better, the bottom half of the roster better, kind of comes out. And I think a lot of times that's that's kind of ignored. Like when you're talking about team building, you're talking about um, successful teams. Obviously. Yeah, we look at the draft initially and we also look at free agency, but it's it has a lot to do with developing, developing those guys who are undrafted or those um those free agents that come in who kind of want to keep their careers going. And, you know, it, it, it depends a lot on that. One of the things that I feel confident in is that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott scouting department has done a very good job at that. We got some 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 players on both sides of the ball who have, I want to say, you know, pretty much overly. They, they overplayed their contract, even as an undrafted guy. Like last year, Justin Zimmer played better than, uh, you know, than wherever we got him at. You know, how do you how do you view the scouting department for this Bills team? Do you think that we have the right fit? Because the thing is, we're going to lose Brian Dayball. I know, I know we have him this year. and We, we kept him. We're going to lose, you know, our we're going to lose a bunch of those guys. It's, you can't keep it going for seven years where you have the same head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. So um, what you thinking about the future here? Uh, you know, you got offense playing at a level like, like you did last year. It's, I mean, it's amazing that you're able to keep your OC. And, um, you know, you, you got a small window of opportunity right now where I think everything's in line to really go after and win that Super Bowl. Uh, but as as the years progress, I think the scouting department is really, really, really good at being able to find guys and identify who needs to develop, how, when, and uh, kind of give them the room to. Uh, the circumstances has been really good, like right now for the whole line with Spencer. Uh, you know, with the level of talent of the guys who are overplaying their contract right now, that kind of makes the perfect opportunity and environment for the guys that are under them to really kind of see how it's done and be ready to hop in. And that if you're able to get that kind of pipeline and process going, you know, it, it fulfills itself where you're not going to be paying, you know, a bajillion dollars for the new free agency signing or for a guy that's been there with you, you know, he's able to kind of solidify that spot without being, you know, at the top half of the salary chart and, um, you know, getting those kind of guys in is, you know, is really huge, especially for, you know, you know, once you sign your quarterback to your, to the big deal. 
All right. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for, for joining me, man. It's been, you know, it's been some good insight as far as the way you, you view the offensive line and how you're looking at players to develop. Before I let you get out of here, um, why don't you I know you mentioned that you're doing some things off the field right now. You're doing some community service things. Um, why don't you kind of shed some light on that? Let everybody know if there's anything that we can do to help and be supportive of, of those efforts. And uh, and then, like I said, if you have any charities that you want to highlight as well. Um, I do want to bring. Uh you know, to the pop, to the platform, the idea of uh, getting out there, helping at your local food bank. That's something I do all the time. Something my neighbor actually got me into uh, after I got out of the game. You know, you go over one day, two days a week, a few hours a day, help them move around some boxes, stock shelves, help people come in. And well, since the pandemic, it's been a little different, but, uh, you know, call into your local food bank and volunteer and give all the time you can. It's a very rewarding thing. You get to meet people. Uh, you get to meet nice people. You know, these are the people that you meet out there. Definitely helpful, uh, kind, and, you know, it's just something you can do. And, you know, anybody that will listen to me, I always like to tell them to go out and, uh, you know, really support your local food bank and just find something, you know, anything in your community that you feel like you can help your fellow person, and, you know, do that. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Harrison, the fourth round draft pick in 2011 for the Buffalo Bills. Everybody, I'm going to make sure I post his his uh, Twitter handle here. Are you on any other social social networks, sir? Uh, Instagram, Twitter. And that's that's really it. OK, well, I'll make sure I, I'll get your Instagram on there. I don't use. OK, yeah, I don't use Instagram much. I only use Twitter for the most part, but I'll find it and I'll make sure I tag you there. Everybody go and follow my man, Chris. He's. He's, um, you know, he's Buffalo's own. We drafted him. Let's show him some love. Thank you so much for doing this with me, sir. And everybody, y'all know how I do it here. Y'all take care of each other. Y'all love each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go Bills. Let's get it, y'all. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.